You are listening to motivational quotes and inspirational life stories from real life people just like you. I'm your host, Victoria Johnson. You can learn more about me and my number one best-selling book at victoriajohnson.org. It's time to share our experiences and motivate and inspire you. So let's get started. Victoria, how are you? So nice to meet you at last. Yes, you as well. And I would like to welcome you to the show and to welcome our listeners and our viewers as well. And to just introduce you, Dr. Sue Carter Collins. She is an author, a greatness life coach, which I'm excited to learn more about, professional speaker. And she speaks a lot on resilience, leadership, imposter syndrome, and so on, and really helps people to embrace their greatness. And one thing that I really love that you shared was that greatness is our birthright. And so I'm looking forward to talking to you more about that. I just want to let people know how to find you. So if they want to look you up while they're watching or while they're listening, they can do that on Facebook. It is at Dr. Sue Carter Collins. So that's just like it sounds, Sue Carter Collins. And an email, it is drsuecartercollins at gmail.com. Yes. And welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it's so lovely to have you. So let's just dive right in and go straight to that statement, greatness is your birthright. I am. Um, I'm really excited about that statement as well. And I tell you, greatness is your birthright. It's a path that I traveled a path, I should say, to get there. And that path was one of really hard knocks of coming up through from a background where I would have been voted least likely to succeed by any measure. And despite all odds, I was able to tap into something, not knowing exactly what it was at the time, but to tap into something and find that, you know, that desire, that drive to keep going. And so over a period of time, I have amassed, my mentor says I have more credentials, more degrees than a thermometer. But you know, (laughs) it hasn't always been that way. So the path to that statement is one of hard knocks. It's one of a lot of tears. It's one of coming from a background where my dad went to prison for murder when I was one year old. And so I didn't spend any of my life with him. He got out of prison when I was 16 stayed with us for one week and left and went and created a whole new family. And so all of my life, I had been waiting for this man to come and then he was there and and he was gone. So that kind of is from a personal perspective, that's the behind the scenes of the doctor. I'm a lawyer in Florida. I retired after 35 years. I have a PhD in criminology and criminal justice. I worked in law enforcement and criminal justice for over 40 years. So I have all of these things that manifested as greatness, but inside I was still that broken little girl, still Mm -hmm. very much broken and still feeling like despite all of the credentials, I wore them like a mask because they hid the fact that I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think of at a time when color was even more of an issue than it is now. A little known secret, a little discussed secret is that as a black person within the black community, there also is racism, colorism, I should say. And so my skin obviously is darker than some people's skin. And even within my own family, my mom was very, very light. My mom, my dad was very dark. And so my siblings are the shades of the rainbow in terms of their coloration. 
and I was darker. So even within the family, there were times when I was called before it was very popular, before it was accepted, black girl. Oh, you're so black. You're so this. You're so nappy headed. And so you couple that with white society saying that you're colored, you're a nigger. And yes, you know, that is the word that we recall. So it's not a matter of being politically incorrect. It is a matter of accurately reflecting the history of blacks in America. Those were the terms that were used. And so growing up with all of that, I didn't think I was ever going to be enough, ever. And there was an old lady who lived across the street from us. And she would she would sit on the porch and look out over across at my house. And I would get, I would hear her say, hang on, never be enough. I'll be pregnant before she gets in eighth grade. Hang on, never make it out of ninth grade. We'll never graduate from high school. I have a house full of children to be barefoot. And yes, I said children, not children, but that's what she meant. And so that's where I came from. Now, mind you, I will say this. My mom was an uneducated woman, but she was brilliant in terms of her innate intelligence. And she also was very, very dedicated in terms of her belief that you can have anything you can be, you can do anything that you want to do. And I can recall her saying, she took me to work with her one time. She was a maid. I wanted to go to work with her because that's what kids do, right? Kids want to go to work with their parents. And she said, I'm going to let you go with me this one time so you can see what I do. And I went and I scrubbed toilets and I made beds. And she said to me, this will never happen. I only allowed you to come so that you can see what I do. You will never do this. You will never do anything other than pick up a piece of paper. You're going to be just like those white women in those big offices. That was what she created. And so all of the labels, police officer, investigator, attorney, I was an assistant public defender, assistant prosecutor. I was the Tallahassee, Florida Police Department's first legal advisor. I was with them for 10 years. I've been an expert witness working on law enforcement, use of case force cases. So I've done a lot of things. But inside, I still was that little girl who was told, you're not enough. You're not enough. And so that's what I internalized. And so fast forward, and it wasn't a fast process. Married twice, divorced twice, abusive husbands. I found that I basically mirrored the relationship that my mom had. My first husband was in prison and I met him in college, but he went to prison and I waited. I was a prison wife. I went to prison to visit him almost every weekend. And you might say, well, what did you have in common with someone who would commit armed robbery? When you're in that place of not being enough, when you're in that place of just wanting somebody to love you, please love me, please, please love me. Then you'll take anything because you don't know your value. You don't know your worth. And my second husband, my mom said, he's not the one. She said, they're both not the one. But I just, that little girl, remember the little girl whose dad was in prison? Remember the little girl whose father came out and was there for just a week before he went and started a whole new family? That little girl wanted somebody, somewhere, love me, love me. And so all of my life, I went through this series of relationships where I was looking for someone to love. Little did I know, I didn't love me, so nobody else could love me. And so you ask me, how do you get to greatness as your birthright? Greatness, you get to greatness as your birthright when you understand love begins here. Love begins within your own self. You don't have anything to give to the world. I have since come to understand I wasn't part of the material. I, you know, I did all of these things. I had all of these accomplishments, and I'm so grateful that I believe in God. 
I call them source universe, but I'm so grateful that God loved me enough to love me through those places and times and periods when I didn't love myself. But finally, I reached a point, and I want you to understand, and I want your audience to understand that this isn't something that we're talking about years. I out in June, two months, I will be 69 years old. This journey, where I am now, this place of understanding my value, my worth, this is new. This is new. This is, at 62 years old, I said, I can't do this anymore. 62 years old and reaching a point of understanding that despite all of these things I had accomplished, finally my life had caught up with me and I realized I had become an alcoholic and I didn't even know. I didn't know what an alcoholic was. And so I sat there, I sat there on my couch and I am crying out, God, take this from me. If you don't take this from me, I will take my own life because I will not live like this anymore. Desperation. Desperation brought me to the point of understanding that love begins within. When you can love yourself, then, then you have something to share. That's where the greatness is. Greatness is when you connect with the divinity that is within you. You and source of one. God created you in God's image, not the image of man, not the labels that you take on and carry like a heavy cloak. And I know I'm talking a lot, but please feel free to cut in whenever you're ready. But I just want, you know, that was the question. Greatness is your birthright. How did you get there? That's my journey. And I would say to anyone listening, my journey can be a model for you. It can be an example. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what life has dealt with what hand it's dealt for you, but you don't have to continue in this space when you can take the time out. And this is a great time. I mean, I know that many people are being adversely impacted by the coronavirus, but this is a great time to reflect, to turn inward and see who is the me that I am being. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I didn't interrupt you because of the power of your story. And I feel like everyone watching and everyone listening can relate on some level because I think we all have that little voice in us that is saying, I'm not enough. And it's learning to transform that voice from I'm not enough to greatness is my birthright. And so, you know, I think about that 16-year-old girl that her dad came home and stayed for a week and then left. Like that, it just, I mean, it chokes me up thinking about it now. And it's one of those situations that I think could break you or make you. And in your situation, you were able to rise above and overcome. But like you said, still making those choices that were not serving you because you hadn't dealt with that inner child and dealt with really loving the self. So at 62, you said you basically had this awakening. And tell me more about that. Well, I sat there that night on my couch and I knew I had reached a part with the alcoholism. I still wasn't ready to call myself an alcoholic, but I said, I just got this little drinking problem. But I knew that night because of the space that I was in mentally that I had to change my life. And I said, <laughs> I, I, you guys will chuckle at this. It, it's, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny. I sat there that night in tears, broken. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more chance, God. If I'm supposed to be here, if I'm supposed to 
do this work that you're saying I'm supposed to do because I got an inkling of what my cat was. If I'm supposed to do this work, then prove it, prove it, because I will not live like this anymore. And I don't understand why I had to go through this anyway, right? And so what I got, my heart response was so that you can be of service to others, so that you can share your story because there's healing in your story. I cried myself to sleep that night and drink and drink. But the next morning I got up and I went to AA. I credit AA with saving my life. And I want to say to any of you who are listening, if you're at that point where you are, quote unquote, not an alcoholic, but you just got this little drinking problem, I would strongly encourage you to just visit. You don't have to stay. The doors are open. They're open. And they, the meetings are online. And they respect your anonymity. They saved my life because it was, even though I'd always had some knowledge of God, it was when I turned to AA that I began to understand. I developed a relationship with the God of my understanding. And that is the God that I connect with now. And that was the understanding of my oneness with source, my oneness. And so where I am now, I think that, the greatest thing that I can share with every person is that we're here for one purpose, and that is love. There is nothing else but love, but you can't give what you don't have, and it all begins here. And when you start in that space and you understand your relationship with source, then you also understand that you can't hurt anyone else. You will not sell yourself short. You will not take less than your value, less than your worth. You won't harm anyone and you will only step, you'll be light and step into the space of light where you're bringing love into the world. One of the things that I don't talk about is during my awakening process, all of those spiritual gifts that I had been suppressing began to come to the forefront. And so I also, I don't really talk about it much. I am just not beginning to make that shift, but I'm an intuitive. I'm an empath in that I feel your pain, but I've learned to protect myself with that. But I'm an intuitive. Some people would call me a psychic. I don't call myself that, but some people do. I have a degree in metaphysics, and I'm currently working on a master's and a PhD in metaphysics. And so I try to help my clients look beyond what they see, because life really is in the invisible. That's where source is. But the invisible is very real when you can connect with that. So I have a group that meets on Sunday night. If people are interested, they'll just drop me an email and I will send them the link to the group. I don't uh, record it because people share very personal information in it. But it all it is for those people who are awakening, who are kind of trying to connect with the God within them themselves and understand what is this thing called like? Who am I as a spirit being? Why am I here? What is my purpose? How do I connect with that? And how do I internalize that knowledge and use it to move forward, achieving not just my materialistic goals, but my spiritual goals? Because we're all spiritual beings. Absolutely. I just had a conversation with someone about that yesterday, about how I remember I used to go see Dr. Wayne Dyer speak, and he would mm. he would use the quote, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And when we keep that in mind, and especially even when we're going through what we're going through right now with this virus, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and it takes the anxiety away. It really does. I just want to repeat your email address for your Sunday evening group, Dr. Sue Carter Collins at gmail.com. So that is doctor with no dot after the end, D R 
S-U-E-C-A-R-T-E-R-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at gmail.com. I think what you have going on there is a very powerful thing. And what I've been reading that you're doing now that you are a greatness life coach and a professional speaker and you teach resilience. Yes. And my other group, Facebook group is called Embracing Your Greatness Facebook Community. And I just like to share information in there that's positive and uplifting. I come on, I haven't been on in the last week because I just kind of was busy doing some other stuff, but I come on almost daily Facebook lives just to encourage the audience to let them know that regardless of what you're going through, there's always gold in the experience. That's G-O-L-D. And if we can look beyond our present pain and understand that the greatness comes in when you learn what the lesson is, every person shows up in your life and they show up for a reason. Now, one of the reasons that we have such pain in our lives is that we try to hold on to people and things longer than they're supposed to be there. They're just supposed to be there for as long as they're supposed to be there. And when energetically they start to move, then it's time for you to release them. But every person and every situation is there for you to learn more about who you are as the great person that we all are. And that's what you bring into the world. I am so all about what is the positive message? What is the positive energy that you're bringing into the world? And when I say into the world, it doesn't have to be from a big stage. What are you sharing with your children? What are you sharing with your neighbors? What are you sharing with your children's friends? What are you sharing with your friends? One of the things going back to the coronavirus, one of the things that I have noticed, I don't tap into the negative stuff. I scroll past that, but I have just been so impressed with how creative people are being now in terms of their positive messages, in terms of the little quotes they're doing, in terms of their giving. I am seeing so many healers and other practitioners that other professionals that are saying, here's a free course. And no, we don't want anything in return. We're just giving. Here's something to help lift you up. Here's something for you to think about while you are on the stay-at-home confinement. So I am all about doing that. What can we each do to uplift this world? Because here's the thing. We are our saviors. No one else. No one else. And if we as individuals take steps to uplift each other, then that's the energy that's going to uplift the world. It's not like if we're waiting for the politicians or the religious people or whomever to come in and save us, oh my goodness, we are in such big trouble. But if we each take the action that we want to see, that's where it's all at. That's the greatness. So when I speak greatness, I'm not necessarily speaking about material wealth and accumulation. Yes, those things will come. But the greatness is when you connect with the God within you, you live a different life. You show up totally different. You don't have an expectation that every person is going to be there to give you something. And even when people hurt you, you don't seek revenge. When people hurt you, then you see that too as a learning experience. But you also see that you recognize that if that person could be any other way, they would be. They're operating at the vibrational level that they can operate because that is the only level they can operate at. And so you can try to talk them out of that space. You can be angry. You can be whatever. But they can't move until they can move. It's like I can't see until I can see. 
but when I can see my eyes spiritually and otherwise are wide open. So this greatness is a new way of being, a new way of living. It is living totally in oneness with source. And yes, it is a process. Yes. Absolutely. And I love what you shared about working on ourselves and not trying to and not being able to change other people. And such a great way that you've explained it with them being on a different frequency. You know, it's just like like the old saying about the radio station, right? You get what you tune into. And I love, you know, Louise Hay used to always share that the only person we need to work on is ourselves. But yet so often I found myself personally, so in my experience, and I'm going through something I know other people in the world are as well, where I'm trying to change somebody else and I'm driving myself a little crazy in the process, right? So I'm the one laying awake at night worrying the other person's not worried about it. They're, you know, it's not their concern. It's become my concern when really it's none of my business. And here's a, uh, here's a question that you might ask yourself when you find yourself in that situation. What is this person or this situation showing up to teach me? Because each person shows up in your life as an example for you. And if you're seeing some behavior in them that you're not liking, then turn inward. What is it within me that I need to examine? What is it within me perhaps that I need to heal? What is it within me that is causing me to feel like I need to fix them? Because it is that place of hurt, that place of needing work, let's say, within you that's saying to you, this is unacceptable. But it's not unacceptable in them. It's unacceptable in you. Oh, such a good point. How we mirror each other and, you know, the things that are triggering us are things that we need to look inside for. There's something you said that I wrote down that I thought it was so wise. The greatness comes in when you learn what the lesson is. I'm sorry, say that last thing. The greatness comes in when you learn what the lesson is. I love that you shared that. That's very powerful. Very powerful. And I just wanted to, we always like to share a motivational quote as well. And so I know you have a quote that you are going to share with the viewers and the listeners. And uh, I'm excited for one to hear what that's going to be. This is a new discovery for Dr. Sue. She said she just found it yesterday and loved it. So she's going to share it with us today. Well, I didn't find the complete quote on my phone this morning, but it's a, a quote by Henry David Thoreau. And you mentioned earlier, Wayne Dyer. I love Wayne Dyer. I, I have been, you know, okay, so now now I'm going to show you some real me. I have been praying that God would allow me to channel Wayne Dyer because I love his information so much, right? But he was talking about Henry David Thoreau, and he gave this quote that he says, go confidently in the direction of your dream. Live the life that you have imagined. And for those of us who are perhaps spinning right now and not knowing what to do next. We are in a space where some people are saying, I'll be so glad when things get back to normal. And here's what I want to share with you. Things are not going to get back to normal. There's no back to normal. What you are seeing is the creation of a new world order. If you look across the globe and in every arena, all institutions are being broken down. Everyone, finances, education, religion, everything is having to change, right? And so because of that, what we're seeing is the creation of a new world order. And so rather than having a hope that things would go back to normal, take this time, reflect on who you were, but reflect on how you can take those skills and build them into something else. And then you go confidently into the direction of your dreams. That is where your new life will be. There's no return to normal. The new normal is the normal that you will now be creating. 
That is so powerful. And you know, I've heard that quote before, but when you say it, I literally got goosebumps. I can feel the power and the conviction that you speak with. And I'm so thrilled that you're here to share your message with the viewers and the listeners. Can you repeat your Facebook group at one more time? I want to make sure that people can get there. The Facebook group is Embracing Your Greatness Facebook community. And it is a private group. So please request to join. And it's only private because I am not every person person is not compatible with every person's energy. Mm-hmm. I just want, I want it to be a safe space and a positive space. I am so totally not into negativity and I don't want people that are going to complain. This is not a space where we're going to talk about politics or, or any of those divisive things. This is where we're going to talk about how can we uplift each other and how can we uplift humanity? Because that's what I'm all about. That's where the greatness is. I feel so empowered just spending this time with you this morning. And so I know very well that this group is going to be helping so many people as well as your Sunday evening groups. So again, I just want to share how to contact you, Dr. Sue Carter-Collins. And it is on Facebook at Dr. Sue Carter-Collins. Email Collins at gmail.com. And the Facebook group is Embracing Your Greatness Community. Yes. Yes. Uh My Sunday night group doesn't have a name. (laughs) I characterize it as spiritual conversations, energy clearing, and Reiki healing. And I'm a Reiki master teacher, and I don't know if your your community knows about Reiki, but it's just a form of energy healing, consistent with my belief that we are, the greatness means that God created us in his, her, its image. Therefore, we have all of these skills and abilities that we may not know that we have, and the ability to move energy, because we are spirit beings and energy beings, the ability to move energy is one of those abilities that we have, and we can use it to heal, facilitate our own healing, as well as the healing of other people. So beautifully and so wonderfully said. Thank you so much. I do want to share, you mentioned uh, again, Dr. Wayne Dyer, that hayhouse.com right now has a ton of free resources that they've opened up during this time to help people to become into a more positive space. So that's at hayhouse.com. There's tons of free resources there for the listeners. Uh, Do follow up with Dr. Sue Carter-Collins because she, as you know by now, is amazing. (laughs) And, and, you know, thank you so much for teaching us. And really, that's what you've done today is you've taught us. And I appreciate that so much. And thank you so much for being on the show. It has been my pleasure. Thank you, Victoria. I really appreciate it. And thank you, audience. Uh, We feel your love. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. It is my true desire that you have been inspired and felt a sense of connection with the words being shared. If you have an inspirational story to share on how you have overcome adversity and created an exceptional life, please visit my website, victoriajohnson.org. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next time.